six, you say the word and the air seems to shift as if there is something powerful, forbidden, and yet deeply alluring that has just entered the room. It shows up in therapy all the time. Here's the thing. When it shows up in therapy, it can be uncomfortable. And yet with it, you know, and if you can be with it, it may hold open the door to something both meaningful and life-altering. Today on Open Counseling's Insider's Guide to Therapy, we are going to discuss therapy and sex. Why can't I have sex with my therapist? What is the worst case scenario? What is the best case scenario if such a thing exists? What to do with all of those feelings? How they can help you? How they can hurt you? We're going to discuss it all. So with me as always, Stephanie Harrison. How are you doing, Stephanie? Good. Good intro. Um, Yeah, it was funny because when I was thinking like when you first said sex, like there's two responses. There's like, ooh, this is interesting. And then there's the 13-year-old like Beavis and Butthead like (laughs) you said sex. (laughs) I mean, the word is such a powerful word. That's what just really struck me. Um, It it brings all sorts of feelings. Um, I think both from deep within and, and from a culture that has exploited the the power of sex for various mechanisms to sell you beer and cars and to make you watch a television show. There are a million different things that that sex is, and it's everywhere all the time as we live. Yeah, and yet yet we have so much baggage around it. Like we use it to sell things. We promote it as something desirable. And yet on the other hand, we talk about like how it's dirty or something that you know, only certain people get into a certain kind of way. So we just send each other mixed messages about it constantly. And it creates a lot of internal conflict, which is, of course, why it, it comes up in, in therapy a lot. And of course, you know, um, this particular topic, you know, both talking about sex and therapy in general, and specifically, like when you have feelings of sexual attraction to your therapist, or even sexual fantasies, this comes up a lot on Reddit which is very understandable because I think it's that mixture of sex is this universal thing we experience and yet there's this taboo around it. So it's an uncomfortable discussion that people feel, you know, moved to take to the internet where they can be a little bit anonymous and talk about, you know, struggling with, I feel attracted to my therapist and what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, thanks again to the people on Reddit. They they really ask pertinent questions, um, ones which aren't discussed enough. Um, and this is one of those questions because um, most therapists, you know, know that that sexual feelings towards them are very commonplace. In fact, um, almost expected in a way. You know, when you you've had a long relationship with a person and you've meant something to them. It's very normal for those feelings of the client to to go into the sexual realm and and that to be one of the feelings they have towards you. Sometimes, most of the times, it's it's a subtle undertone. It's thereabouts, although sometimes it it can be um, much more strong desires, which um, in a way is not unexpected because... Therapy is working with um, people's attachments and their longings and their desires. And and this is right the territory that sex lives in. 
Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, one of the biggest things that I wanted to get across in this article was that it's so normal to have these feelings and they're so expected and there's so many reasons they're normal. First of all, we're sexual beings. And when, you know, you get close to someone else, those feelings come up sometimes. But I think there's something particular about the nature of therapy where you are creating this incredibly unique um, relationship with your therapist where there's these boundaries and in some ways it's more distant than other relationships because there's so much you don't know about your therapist but then you share the deepest things with them and the way a good therapist regards you makes you feel held it makes you feel seen it makes you feel understood and these feelings you know make us want to connect with someone else they're they're they can be what cause us to fall in love with someone and so it's really not unusual to start having that fantasy or that thought. You know, there, there's people that, that on Reddit that talked about having fantasies, but then there's just people that had that thought of like, why can't I see my therapist outside of therapy? That longing to have more of that connection, to have it, have more of a therapist time for maybe that connection to go a little deeper. So, so many people have this often secret wish of being able to spend more time with their therapist or go hang out with them or, you know, have a romantic relationship with them outside of therapy. So even though, and we'll get into this, there's so many reasons it's not a good idea to do that. Uh, one being that it's actually against the law for therapists, not clients, but for therapists in some places. But actually having that desire, there's nothing wrong with it. It's completely normal and understandable in the context of therapy. You know, and I, I think sex particularly is the most rapid way to get a deep connection with a, another. And I, I think that's probably why it's so enticing for so many people. Um, there, there's no quicker way in the, the human experience to feel deeply connected with another. And that's a very normal longing that people have as clients. You know, this is a person, as you mentioned, Stephanie, that, that's become deeply meaningful there's a, a nourishing relationship. Um, they, they may have helped you through significant crises. Um, and these are the things that make us want to deeply connect with another. And, and your mind will very quickly throw up the idea, hey, if I have sex with them, I'll feel deeply connected, deeply related. In fact, to the point that I won't know which one's me and which one's them. We will be like literally joined. And... and um, it's a very powerful fantasy, which is why it comes up so routinely in therapy. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because um, some of the different things, you know, in doing this research, not only did I go on Reddit, not only did I read articles by and for therapists, I also read some interesting blog posts by people that had had this experience of feeling this longing for a therapist, this sexual desire, and, you know, one of them, a few of them were very insightful and touched on something that goes all the way back to Freud, which is that there's this, you know, childlike yearning to merge with the other. That is kind of what we experience for a parent when we're younger. And as we get older and become adults and develop adult brains, that, that we can have that same very innocent childlike yearning to merge that then becomes filtered into a a sexualized thought or or fantasy and you know some of the more insightful people that were going through this were realizing like these feelings are actually not really purely sexual in the sense that like it's coming from this childlike part of me 
that wants that total connection you were talking about. And obviously, in, often, not always, but often in therapy, you're going back and working on stuff from childhood. So you start connecting to that part of yourself. And it's very natural to have that feeling of seeing a therapist as a parent or someone in a similar role and to have that yearning to be held by them. And again, all of this just so naturally gets sexualized sometimes. Yeah. And, and um, so before we go on, I want to say that Stephanie has written an excellent article, working title, Why Can't I Have Sex with My Therapist, um, which you'll find on opencounseling.com and it goes into incredible detail. Too much to list right now. But um, I w think we were talking about how just kind of normal it is. And yet it's also very vulnerable to admit to as a client. It's very vulnerable to say, I have sexual feelings about you. I have sexual fantasies about you. Most clients want to know how to deal with them. Sometimes they want to know, how can I make it real? Is it possible to, to actually, you know, score a hole in one, so to speak, to, to, to have the dream of having your therapist and having sex with them and that not somehow upsetting the apple cart. And um, it's probably worth saying in here, disclaimer, we'll discuss it in more detail. It, it never works. It's right. always bad for the client. It's illegal for therapists, I'm pretty sure in every single state. Um, it's well studied and Something catastrophically has gone. Something catastrophically has gone wrong. If somehow you end up having sex with your therapist, and it's always the therapist's fault. It's never your fault. It's the therapist's job to make sure that it never spills out into reality. Fantasies are fine. Thoughts are fine. Feelings are fine. But um, it should never actually happen in the real world. Yeah, and I, that's such an important point that. Um you know, we want to normalize having these feelings. You know, it's it's senseless to feel guilty for having this very natural feeling that this situation produces. But we also really want to emphasize why it's, you know, really bad to act on those feelings. That said, you know, like Mark just said, you know, you can full on come on to your therapist and it's still not your fault because therapists are trained to expect clients to develop this kind of feeling sometimes to be able to spot the signs things are going that way, to know how to redirect in a supportive way, like a good therapist won't shame you for it. You know, there is the possibility sometimes where um, therapists that are younger and inexperienced are so nervous around this topic that they can mishandle it and just get freaked out and say, oh my gosh, we can't talk about this or I'm going to have to refer you to someone else. But, you know, that does happen sometimes, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, if you're with a good experienced therapist, they kind of know that what they need to do is say, you know, you know, I understand why you have these feelings. Let's let's explore this, yeah, but make it clear that these feelings cannot be acted upon for a number of reasons. Um, and I mean, I can't tell you like I, ca I had an open mind like, you know, um, I went to school for therapy. You know, I was out in the field a few years and, you know, certainly had was very well trained in like this is bad news. Never do it. But, you know, I'm like, well, what if there are people that do it and it turns out okay? Like, I'm open. You know, I doubt that happens, but it could. And the truth is, like, my research really confirmed, like, the, the kind of party line on this where there maybe was these one or two really weird detailed cases where over a span of years people kind of worked into something and it was okay. But even those weren't great. 
the vast majority of stories that people were sharing where they actually had sex or a sexual relationship with their therapist were just ended very terribly for usually everyone involved. And there's just so many reasons that happens and why it's a bad idea. And, and so that might sound very pessimistic. Oh, no, like sexual feelings when acted upon, like very rarely end up in success. But the wonderful news is that sexual feelings, when discussed and talked about and held with a, a tenderness and care, can lead to incredible growth in people. Um, and it's so important um, to to save the baby from the bathwater here because there really is something very important that's happening. Um, beneath the, the sexual desire is desire, and, and desire is such an important part of the human spirit. In fact, we kind of wither and die without desire. And so here is desire, and in this case, it can't be manifest in the exact format that maybe if the fantasy comes to your mind that, that I'm going to have sex with my therapist, but that desire for most people is the, the furnace that, that drives their life, um, the, that leads to striving, it leads to ambition, it leads to growth, it leads to resilience and overcoming obstacles. It, it's... it's um, really the, the engine of life. Absolutely. And that's beautifully said. And, you know, I, I can also think of, you know, times in my life where I've been down or even struggled with a little depression. You know, one of the classic signs of depression is that you just don't feel a desire for anything. You, nothing gives you pleasure. Nothing is just really motivating you. You just kind of go through the bare minimum motions. And often that first step into healing from that is when you start feeling desire again, like there's things you want. Um, so, so there is a really powerful, important, healthy aspect of, of desire that informs our life on so many levels, not just sexual. Um, but you know, I, I definitely wanted to point out in the podcast, cause I don't know how clearly I did in the article that we're constantly giving people the advice, talk to your therapist about this. And we give that same advice in this article with an asterisk, <laughs> you know, that there's some therapists that are safe to share this with some that aren't. We've got some pointers in the article about how maybe to get a feeling of whether you should go there. But I want to acknowledge that us saying that it's a great thing to do doesn't mean it's easy or that it comes natural. So many of these things that we encourage you to talk to your therapist about, we're, it takes courage. It takes real courage to bring up some of these awkward subjects uh, that we talk about. And this has got to be, I think this has got to be the hardest one. Like it's one thing, I think it's hard for people to talk about sex with their therapist at all. I mean, for some people, maybe not, but for a lot of people, there's a lot of inhibition or like, ooh, this is so personal. I'm embarrassed about my sexual hangups or, you know, my sexuality, and I don't know how I feel about it yet. How is another person going to feel about it? There's all that, but the, to specifically tell your therapist that you have sexual thoughts or feelings about them, that has got to be so awkward for anyone that ever does it, I would imagine, but like Mark said, there's if you can get to that point that you can bring it up and then get to the point where you're exploring that and talking about it with your therapist in a healthy kind of safe way, it can lead to so much insight and, and so many breakthroughs, you know, and um, I think that's one of the real gifts of therapy is that usually the way we deal with life is we just act on things. We act even if we're not a particularly impulsive person oh, I have this feeling, therefore that means I'm supposed to do this thing. I have this desire, that therefore I'm supposed to pursue it. 
And to have this one area of your life where the purpose isn't to act this stuff out, but to just be with it and to talk it out gives you a different kind of freedom. You know, it can feel, if if you've got a big crush on your therapist, it can feel really disappointing to think, oh, I just can't ever go there. But to actually just be able to deal with a feeling that's that strong and to not act on it, but to reflect on it and explore it, not push it away, not reject it, but kind of embrace it and talk about it is when you shift into that mode, it can be so liberating. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the point where, where you're having the feelings and the feelings aren't having you. Um, and that's where you, you, you start to feel a sense of control and agency and the, the feelings don't determine your actions. You determine your actions. And, and right. sexuality is such a strong, strong drive. It can really, you know, we've seen kingdoms fall based upon the sexual desires that couldn't be checked because they're so overwhelming. They needed to be acted on and marriages torn apart. And, and you know, the story's been written a million times. But here's an opportunity to feel the sexual feeling, feel frustrated that, that it can't be fulfilled, but be able to, to survive that and say, this is what happens when I have a sexual desire for another and can't be fulfilled. Oh, no, you know, that's fine. Frustration is part of life as much as gratification is part of life. Yeah, something I think about, too, is how just how much art, how much poetry, how many books songs have just come from unrequited desire you know just that you know it can feel like the only thing to do with the desire is to act on it else it's a frustration or a disappointment but desire can really be an engine for creativity and inspiration and it it takes a lot of work to learn how to relate to desire that way you know we're trained we're trained weirdly by our society both to repress or to act out, those are our only options. Either you repress it and feel weird that you even feel that way, or you just go into it 100% without any thought of the consequences. And there's other options there. And I just really want to say like, that we, we, we have kind of two major forms of, of you know, gratification and frustration. And we like to be gratified. We don't like to be frustrated. And yet they're both really important. Mm-hmm. And in therapy, to, to be able to be with what it's like to want and not have it is the most important gift that this can be because yeah. that is the, our, our source of our, our deepest wounding, which is where we weren't given what we needed, where we wanted and were rebuffed or humiliated or made, you know, our, our feelings weren't important. We couldn't have the object of our desire. We couldn't get the love, the, the fulfillment and the need that we wanted. And that therapy can, can stir up these feelings of desire, but also, um, unfortunately in a way, fortunately in another, sort of not fulfill them, but be with the feeling of frustration is... is the heart of, of what makes so much good stuff possible because then these feelings can be managed, they can be dealt with, um, they don't stick around in the corners of your life in the form of depression and anxiety, they, they can be an engine of growth. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's, like you said, such powerful training for life is to experience that, um, 
feeling of wanting something that you can't have and that it's okay. Like you don't have to be ashamed of the wanting, but you don't have to act on it either. And, and therapy can be one of the places that you get to experience that. Yeah, it's so funny. It almost seems un-American to, to idealize the, the wanting and not having. It, it right. just, it feels like on television, they're like, you can get what you want, go for what you want, never right. give up. But, but there's a place for being with the feelings because life, is, there's a lot of loss. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of frustration. Every single relationship, no matter how gratifying at some level, is frustrating at another level. And, and the, we've got to find a way to, to be with those feelings and, and survive them and use them and know who we are inside of them. Absolutely. And something I talked about in the friendship article, too, about why can't I be friends with my therapist? It's, it's the same idea of so much of our yearning to connect with others, whether it's platonic, erotic, some mix of both, comes from, I think, as human beings, we, we have this deep yearning to connect with someone so completely. And I think a lot of us can, you know, I can think back to when I was a teenager or maybe even in my early 20s and I just would daydream. Of, There's got to be that person out there that I can just have this soul connection with that will just get me and will just be like two peas in a pod. And, you know, I think everyone has that fantasy of like you meet this perfectly matched other. And I think life frustrates that. You can have an amazing long-term relationship, an amazing marriage that lasts your whole life, this wonderful but that person's never going to like understand you as purely as the way you dreamed about it when you were 17 years old, you know? And so we all, I think, have an unfulfilled longing for a certain depth of connection that we dream about. It's almost like a platonic ideal. Like there's gotta be this kind of connection. And, and that, that yearning drives us toward good ends in life. You know, we do try to connect with others. We do try to learn how to be more open and more vulnerable and all these wonderful things. But I think, I think like no matter how good your, you know, intimate relationships, your friendships, your social life is, there's some part of you that feels unseen. There's some way that you feel lonely. And I think, you know, one of the gifts of therapy is to start understanding like that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That just means you're a human being. So that, that experience of want, of course, you're going to want your therapist on some level to connect with you more deeply. Like if you've got a good connection with your therapist, it's natural to think, why can't we be friends? Why can't we be lovers? Why can't we be something or other, other than just this? Because here's this person that's listening to you that really seems to get you. And it's this thing that most of us daydream or fantasize about on some level. And therapy kind of teases you because it gives you that up to a point and then it stops, and then you just think, oh, but we if we kept going. And, and I think that's where, you know, that's what I was seeing. So It was so interesting to be on Reddit and to see people articulating this very same kind of fantasy over and over again where it's like, oh, I just know. I just know if only we could connect outside of therapy, it would just be amazing and wonderful. You know, and of course people feel this way because the only way to start to understand that this desire is never going to be able to be fulfilled is to kind of understand what's going on in therapy. And as we've discussed many times, a lot of therapists don't really give their clients that orientation to, you know, this is how therapy works. But yeah, I just, I think that like, of course people feel this way about their therapist when they're really connecting and doing deep work with the therapist and feeling seen and understood and held and cared about. So, 
so during today we we've talked about how much growth is possible when um the 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 desire for for sex between you know is allowed and the feelings are allowed and almost you know like brought to the surface and normalized and the therapist does that but then the therapist rebuffs like we don't act on that you know this is not how this works and growth comes through that process um the problem is that when a therapist and client actually has sex that all the growth that could have been pro- could have been created is erased as well as pretty much most of the results of the therapy suddenly the the therapist's needs are, are present the client at some level feels the the violation and the transgression even if they they really wanted it there there's a, a gross transgression that will happen and everything kind of collapses as a result and, and so hence it never really turns well and all what could have been gained is lost um and so that th- therapist ethics boards are on top of this for a reason because it genuinely damages the clients for for the therapist they aren't just being sort of mean mean nannies saying no you can't do this there's a real reason that um sex between a therapist and a client shouldn't happen because it genuinely does genuine damage to the client and and you know the client growing and gaining from therapy has got to be the foremost thing and clients are disproportionately vulnerable in therapy clients you know bear their souls they they bear their deep attachment desires and the therapists are are relatively lucky they 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 have relatively little skin in the game and and they can be hurt a lot less than clients and so the law protects the clients and they protect them for a reason the the whole endeavor of therapy is a very sensitive one and it requires an incredible investment particularly from the client it's really hard to be that vulnerable and when that vulnerability and the needs and the desires that come along with that vulnerability and that need are present and taken advantage of by a therapist it has tremendous negative repercussions for the client that's so well stated you know i i don't have too much to add um but yeah i mean it's the power differential it's the vulnerability it's the fact that often there are those childlike aspects or feelings that are coming out that can be really violated and damaged and and you know the the thing the basic thing is like part of what makes a therapist so desirable part of what drives this fantasy is that they are so focused on you and so supportive and you know a therapist in a way is is reparenting or or you know helping you know recreate that feeling that maybe you didn't get in childhood where the parent was completely present and affirming you and validating you and as soon as you take the relationship outside of therapy whether it's sexual or not you lose that because the whole point of a relationship that's not the therapeutic relationship is that it goes both ways and therapists are not experts on life you know ideally your therapist has gotten some things figured out which is why they're kind of able to um, inspire you and connect with you in a certain way, but they're figuring things out too. So they're not, you know, if you're to have a relationship with them outside of therapy, they're, you're going to see a very different person. And this was just so universal in these stories that people were sharing where it's like, 
God, it, it was some. I mean, some of the deta- it was, a lot of these stories were a little bit sad because people are so damaged by the violation of what can happen in these relationships that really shouldn't happen. Um, but there were kind of slightly humorous things, like people talking about. I didn't realize my therapist was such a mess. They're just so disorganized, and they never get anywhere on time. Or this person's so needy, and you know, then people start seeing their therapist's dark side and their weird desires, and and all these things. That uh, it's like Mark said, not only can that relationship be damaging in and of itself, but it makes you go back and question any of the good you got out of therapy because therapy. Therapy is an authentic relationship. That's something I really want to emphasize because a lot of people on Reddit or elsewhere are like, well, if my therapist doesn't want to be my friend or lover, then the feelings were never real and this isn't real. Therapists have real feelings for clients. It's just that they have to happen in this structure of the therapeutic relationship for therapy to work. And, you know, so, so therapists do care about you. Therapists really do, you know, see you on some level, um, you know, and, I think the magic is in just letting that be what it is because you don't get to have that kind of relationship with someone anywhere else. So, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice I'm giving people in these last couple of articles is, you know, let the therapy relationship be what it is because it's an amazing experience that any, even the best uh, relationship with a lover, a partner, a spouse, a friend, therapy's just different. And it's just cool to let it be what it is instead of ruining it by trying to make it into something else and it just completely falling apart as it seems to almost universally do. Oh gosh. And I think that's a great place to start wrapping up on. Um, if you haven't already, please take a look at Stephanie's article. Why can't I have sex with my therapist on opencounseling.com? Um, all sorts of great things. Um, weapons of my therapist finds out I have these feelings. Why do I feel this way? We've talked about that a lot. Um, what to do with those feelings, um, thinking about how to express that to your therapist, um, what sort of harm can be done. Um, we even briefly touch on if a therapist has made sexual advances or has had sex with you, how to, to um, approach that. And, and we have articles that talk about filing complaints against therapists, which is definitely something you should consider. Um, but it's a wonderful article that really you know, handles this topic with with a sort of sensitivity that it deserves because um, we keep on saying, uh, I don't know, sex can be salacious, sex can be a lot of things, but but it, it there's a lot of vulnerability around sex and and these feelings are are normal and can be an engine of lots of wonderful things if handled with care. And so with that, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to speaking next week. <laughs>